Thanks for tuning in to the Spoken World podcast, here to bring you interesting guests from the world of education, children, and all things drama-related. I'm your host, Saliha Agbaje, founder and creative director of Spoken World Productions. We're a theatre and education organisation for children. We expand the minds of children using performing arts, and it's our mission to tackle social issues through working with children in schools using sociodrama, mindfulness, and creativity. Hello, and welcome to the Spoken World Productions podcast. I'm your host, Saliha Agbaje, and today we have an amazing creative guest here with us. And it's our first international guest, actually. We have Fumi Ogunde, and she is a fellow podcaster all the way from Nigeria, my own homeland. So I'm really excited today. <laughs> Fumi is an amazing podcaster, and I really, really encourage you to go and check out her podcast on all the usual platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Fumi Ogunde is a mother of two boys. And what is interesting about her podcast is that it is about storytelling. In fact, it is completely a storytelling podcast. However, I'd like to introduce her to you and ask her to tell you all about her wonderful podcast herself. So without further ado, join me in welcoming Fumi to the podcast. Hello, Fumi. Hi, Saliha. Thank you so much for bringing me um, to this, um, <laughs> to your beautiful, um, you know, inviting me to your beautiful podcast, you know, so to speak. Um, I'm really excited to be here. It's such a pleasure, honestly. Um, as soon as I picked up that um, you have a podcast, because we were over on um, um, Clubhouse, rather, and um, I heard... I heard your voice and I thought, goodness, this is somebody who is really dedicated to their podcast and they're really interested in growing their podcast. And it just, it resonated with me because it's about storytelling. And that is, um, obviously it's at the core of everything we do here at Spoken World Productions. And so I just knew, I knew I needed to get to know you better and I knew I needed to dig into your podcast, which before we go any further, everybody is called, go on for me, you tell everybody. Yes, so my podcast is um, titled, Good Night My Darlings. And I love the way you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because, you know, when, when, when the boys are going to bed every night, that's what I usually tell them. I just say, good night, my darlings. And, you know, I didn't know when I was thinking of, you know, um, you know, when I was thinking of starting a podcast and I was thinking of the name, I didn't really have to look far because I usually tell them good night, my darlings anyways. And so, yes, yeah, so good night, my darlings is a, is a bedtime story podcast and it's centered around telling African folk tales, which is something I grew up listening to. Um, I remember my parents, particularly my dad, um, would, before dinner is served, it would just call myself and my siblings together. We would um, sit at his feet. That was like the usual thing growing up in Nigeria, and I and I suppose in you know African cultures as well. 
So he sits at his feet and then he tells you bedtime stories and after that we go have dinner and then we go to bed. And I realized, you know, I didn't even think much about this having, you know, reached adulthood. It was only when I started having kids that I realized, you know, I need to tell my children bedtime stories. And I didn't want to just tell them any type of bedtime stories. Why not tell them those African folk tales, which I was, um, you know, accustomed to listening to as a child. And that was how um, I started, um, you know, recording on my phone first, because I would realize they would ask me for these stories every night. And, you know, I had my phone, I'll record on my phone. And then I realized, okay, why don't I put it in the form of a, a medium? And I you know, pandemic happened and we lot, you know, a lot of people were online researching things to do. And that was when I said, okay, podcast, why not podcasts? Um, and that was how I started the podcast um, January this year. Wow. January this year, it's such a baby. Goodness me. And it's so inspiring because just listening to how it began, the fact that um, your dad told you stories and this is um, a legacy that you're carrying on perhaps your boys will go on to tell their own children's stories too and um, you make me think about it (laughs) you make me think in my mind's eye I can see a little baby Fumi sitting at her daddy's feet (laughs) and really saying come on daddy what's tonight's story about (laughs) yeah yeah it was like that. I love up. that. Let's uh, tell. Um, I'll tell. Um, tell everybody a little bit about your your current background because you're not just a storyteller. In fact, you're also a lawyer practicing in Lagos, um, Nigeria, and you're also a freelance um, voiceover artist. You, as you said, you were born in Lagos, Nigeria, and you hold a law degree from the University of Lagos, as well as that, a master's degree from the University of Manchester. And um, this is this is almost something that I've said on a previous podcast to somebody else. Also, we had Nahid Aslan, who is also a creative and she practices law too. And now I'm starting to see a pattern forming that you can actually be an amazing creative as well as somebody that is in a profession such as law, which is really, really something because sometimes you look at such um, professions and you think, well, kind of, kind of at, at, at an odds because I suppose law is so serious and law is so rigid. Um, you don't see much room for creativity, but the two of you have managed to carve out a wonderful um, creative side to your lives. And I'd love to hear how that actually started. It wasn't just because of your children, was it? Well, it's funny, um, and I'm really happy you brought about this question because I feel like there is a lot of correlation with law and creativity because law is centered around arts before you go to um, before you're able to study um, law particularly in Nigeria you have to sort of go through different courses that are art related and so you get to read literature you get to read um, you know government about I mean there's, there's a course called there's a subject called government and it's not just centered around the Nigerian government you look at you know the British government you look at other governments in Africa so your mind is already opened to different things in this field now 
it's actually not my children, just not, not just my children that inspired this. At a very young age, I'd always wanted to talk. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that meant. And I still don't know what that means. But um, I'd find myself just talking. My parents would say, oh, for me, you talk too much. You know, you had better study. <laughs> you, you had better, you'd better study, um, you know, journalism or study law because you just talk too much. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, you know, so this all, and for, for a very long time, I'd always put this aspect of being a creative at the back burner. But last year happened, and you'd agree with me that last year, you know, was quote and unquote a great year. And I didn't want to just, um, you know, sit back and think back, you know, in my life and say, oh, for me, so what did you do? You'd always wanted to do certain things, so why didn't you do them? And, um, I was on Instagram one day and there's this woman that I look up to. She was the former um, Chief Justice of Lagos State. And that is actually a very prestigious position. You know, you can't be a judge and do other things. And so she retired two years ago and I just came across her Instagram post and realized now that she's into filmmaking. That for me was very eye-opening what would a, a former chief justice of lagos state be doing in film <laughs> and normally you know i wouldn't have even reached out to her but i just felt you know i felt that deep sense to reach out to her because i felt if she can do this and pursue her dreams you know in her 60s why can't i do what i want to do now and so i reached out to her saying you know the law profession as we know it doesn't allow you to venture on certain things particularly in um you know being a creative and i was really um i found her admirable the fact that she actually did this and she's still pursuing her dreams and she replied saying for me that you know she was she was actually very happy that i sent her that message i'd never met her one-on-one -on -one except one one day in the courtroom and obviously that obviously had to have like that you know normal decorum of being addressed as a judge and a barrister and i sent her that message and she said to me for me there are times and there are seasons and though she would so she would advise me to do whatever it is that i want to do as long as they're not clashing and you know just leave your dreams and that for me was like you know that moment that i said you know what i'm going to run with this and till today we're still in touch and she sees the things that i do because that for me was the, you know the awakening moment for me to just you know leave my dreams a lawyer or not you know i will be what i want to be and do whatever it is that i want to do and so that's 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 how this this whole thing started just by that one post that i saw on instagram she said there are times and there are seasons and that in itself is, oh, wow, it's so true. It's so true. So she has now obviously retired and she's living another side to her dream. Yes. Yes, she is. Yeah. Most she is. She's retired. Apparently, I don't know if you're um, familiar with this. Um, there was a series, um, Nigerian soap opera in the late 80s um it was called the village masquerade i don't know if you've no. ever heard of that no. and so she she actually wrote a few episodes for the village masquerade before she was called um to bench and you know she just felt you know obviously you can't mix mix 
that sort of side to yourself with what you're doing and when she when she stopped um you know practicing she felt the need to go into filmmaking as a matter of fact you find a lot of judges after retirement will still take few spots in you know different things that are law related but she's actually the very first person that i would see that would do something completely unrelated to the legal profession and for me that's actually very that's actually very that, that was actually what i needed at that time and you know i'm just i'm just running with it really i love this i love this this is um to show that you can be multifaceted and successful you can be made up of different areas that inspire others and bring forth um, a passion it's as though she'd kind of put her passion for filmmaking on pause and continued with her her law um, her life as a judge and then hung her hung her wig up and her cloak up and resumed picking up her camera and and it's almost like an equilibrium everything is floated out just beautifully for her and for you to have been inspired by that yeah there are times and seasons but I'm glad that you haven't had to wait until retiring from law before actually pursuing this because you've um you've conglomerated something so wonderful for everybody to have access to not just your own children Yes, thank you. That's the whole idea. I mean, you know, the boys get to enjoy these stories every night. So why not share with other kids in the world as well? And so that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things that's actually pushing me to go forward with them. Um, Good night, my darlings. And where do your stories come from? They are folklore, they're fables and they carry messages. And they remind me so much of, um, you know, the kind of the kind of stories that, you know, don't 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 come up that much in storybooks, in everyday mainstream storybooks. You know of the Anansi tales, of course, you get those all of the time. But these are really traditional folk tales. And um, it makes me wonder that, can you ever run out? Or you ever, like, how do you have so many lines up already? Oh my goodness, that's a good one because I'm actually thinking to myself, for me, you have to, <laughs> you have to ensure you don't run out of these stories. But I'd say that um, aside from the fact that some are actually, um, you know, common stories, um, and some aren't. Some are actually originals that I just thought about and felt, okay, it would be nice to just put this into a story. Um, others are actually known stories, um, particularly those songs. I don't know if you've heard any of the I podcasts did. that had songs in them. Yeah, some of and them I are knew actually a couple, actually. Popular. Oh, you did? Yeah. So some of them are actually very popular. Those stories are, you know, popular stories in, um, in Nigeria. Um, so aside from the ones that I already, you know, knew about growing up, the others I had to, I look around and I'd say, okay, because the whole idea of my podcast is to tell, um, to share lessons, to tell values. And so if I feel like, okay, I want my children, because I actually want to, I test them out of my children first. I So I want my children to learn about, you know, this virtue, you know, this week or today, how can I incorporate that into a story? And um, I look at things around me. Like the other day, I was walking to get um, a loaf of bread and I saw a little bird um, pick up a lizard. And I was astonished. I'm like, you know, normal stories you hear of an eagle, but this was a little bird picking up a lizard. I said to myself, for me, that will make a great story one day. So little things like that, I just, you know, 
write them somewhere and you know as time goes on you know the inspiration will come and how to put one and two together to make into a great story and then those songs you know some of the songs like i said are normal songs while others i just i just i don't know i don't know where the inspiration comes from i just think about something and i just sing it to my kids if they like it i go okay thank you guys i'm going to record that so yeah (laughs) I love that. And why did you choose African folklore? I know your dad, obviously a Nigerian man, sat down and gave you wonderful stories. Um, but why you could have chosen any any culture, you could have chosen any country. Something like storytelling is something that we share globally. It's a it's a communal way of communicating, don't you think? I agree. And you know, for me, why not share African folklore? You know, why not? We don't have enough. I don't think we have enough of that, really. In schools, children are taught in different, they they know more of different cultures than their own. And so why not share these African, you know, folk tales or folklore, fables? Um, I find even on Clubhouse, because we actually met on Clubhouse. And the few times that I spoke about my podcast, you know, a few people would message me on Instagram saying, oh, I've actually never heard of African folktale before. And so at the time I was actually telling these stories, that wasn't even at the back of my mind thinking people might not have heard. I just wanted to share these stories. But now I realize that a lot of people actually don't even know much about African folktales. And so I feel like it's even, you know, propelling me more to do more research and, you know, share these stories to the world. So why not African folktale? Why not? Why not? What do you think the benefits are for even those that don't know African folktales? What are the benefits of African folktales, do you think? I think there's so many benefits to African folktales. Um, you learn about the culture. You learn about the people. Um, in my in my folktales, I'm particularly... Um, aware of the fact that there's so many people in different parts of the world that are listening to these stories and they're not used to yam for instance you know like the normal yam that we eat that yes. that, that tastes like sweet <laughs> potato you know yeah. and um you know difference between granuts some people call it peanuts we call it granuts yes. and yes. so i want to share these stories to let them know okay so we have this you know similarities in our food and in you know these um, so, like I said, cultures, they w- I want them to learn more about the African culture, the African people, the way we sound, the way we speak our language. I'm Yoruba. And so I want people to learn that, okay, in, in Africa, there are different countries. And then in Nigeria, there are different tribes, there are different languages. And I'm particularly, you know, focused on the Yoruba language right now because I'm Yoruba. And so why not share that to the world? So there are different lessons, benefits to African um, folktales. And I just want to touch on those those um, aspects in my podcast. Mm-hmm. And does your dad listen to your podcast? Oh, now, yes, or? he does. Does he? Does he? <laughs> <laughs> he does. You know, there's this thing with African parents. Um, <laughs> well, I would say majority of African parents, because some are very, I, I think some are, some, some are more of the exception than the general rule. And so when I started, um, you know, I told you earlier on that I'd lo- always love to talk. And my parents go, you'd better study law. That was the first thing. You better study law or you go into journalism. They never said you better be a creative you'd better Mm. go to drama school no you know it was always pursue that profession um as it were and when i started 
my podcasts and they would listen to it. It was like, oh, really? For me, you did this. This is you. I'm like, yeah, this is me. And, you know, there's something about the creative economy right now. And I keep trying to tell them now, this is actually very huge. Um, it has always been, but I think, you know, the, with the way with the way the world is structured now, it's actually very big. And I think everyone can actually be a creative and to look into their creative sites and do the things they actually want to do. So it's actually very happy, particularly because the stories I'm telling um, are the ones they shared with me. And so um, for him, is actually very happy that his grandkids, you know, get to listen to these stories. And I, I go back to him to say, Daddy, do you remember this particular story? Um, do you remember the song? Because some of the songs I can't remember. And he goes, oh, okay, yes, this is how the song went. So I'm always disturbing him. Daddy, do you have another story for me this week? <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, do you have another story for me this week? You know, can you help me get these stories? Because I really need to tell these stories. So he's actually very happy you know because I find you don't get uh, aside from you know literature books that I was used to that you get African proverbs and some stories you don't find them codified in a in a in a in a book or in a in so you have to like keep and that and that's and that's what African focus has always been it has been oral traditions over time you know and so you have to keep asking different people from different towns so what, what so you know what was it like you know when a when a child is born and they have to sing lullaby to them you know what song did they sing what was the story told about you know tenderness about hard working you know particularly around centered around animals or you know whatever so you have to keep asking different people these things but in a nutshell my dad is happy he's happy oh. that you know that um, i'm <laughs> having to share these stories yeah and he, and he listens to, to them as well so yeah that's good that's good it's a lovely connection for him and imagine the generation that his grandchildren also will have that connection because they they're the ones that a-okay it this one gets the green light yes you can send this one to publish it definitely of course yes of course yeah (laughs) they're the ones they're the ones someone's gonna ask sorry go ahead I was just going to ask like, how would you say parenting has changed in that regard because of course the way that your parents parented you by saying oh for me you know you talk too much you talk too much you you should just definitely channel that into something like law that's a really interesting perspective to take and I don't get the impression that should your son carry that trait from you that you'd say oh automatically that means that you 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 belong in the field of law I get the impression that you'd probably think on the other side of things perhaps he belongs in a creative world I agree, definitely. My son, my my first son, actually, right now, loves to sing because I sing to them as well. He loves to sing, and I go, you know, I tell myself, you know, as long as you you're able to be very good at what you do, go for it. And I would encourage any of my children to pursue that creative aspect. But at the same time, being African or would I say be Nigerian, I would still want them to go to school. Now, whatever it is they want to pursue in school is entirely up to them. But I also encourage them to go to school because school actually opens you to different facets of life. So, um, but they can still go to school, pursue that course, that degree you want to, but still go to school. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insist that. Oh, when you come out of school, you know, go, go become a musician. No, no, no. If you want to go to school to study music, by all means, do that. By all means which is a real opener. It's a real open-minded way to, to encourage your children. I think 
often enough we feel we feel like we can't straddle the two we can't straddle the professional side and we and and also the creative side there are often enough especially right now over in the UK we've learned that there'll be more cuts to the creative um, courses um, fundings reduced that kind of thing and it it's worrying to then think maybe we're pushing our children into um, studying creative subjects whereas is there is there as much of a future um, for those particular jobs, for those particular subjects. And, you know, I know that many people are thinking this. Obviously, as a creative myself, I have a different mindset, but this is what um, this is what is being perpetrated out there um, in the media and amongst the people worrying, worrying that are their children going into the right professions? But it's not so much when it comes down to the professional courses. There will always be a need for a lawyer, for a doctor, for an accountant, supposedly. Yes. Um, well, there would always be a need for a lawyer. There would always. Well, I find that a lot of lawyers right now, even doctors, are coming into their creative sites. Even even on Instagram, you find doctors um, doing other things. Um, aside from their medical medical um, you know profession, as it were, even other fields, even lawyers, there's so I I, I, th- I think it's actually a very good discourse because I a lot of people are actually actually creatives in their own little ways, and with the with the boost in the creative economy that we're witnessing now, they've seen the need to juggle other things aside from their core profession. So it's something the UK would really need to look at if they really want that creative economy to grow. People aren't just, you know, resting on just one degree right now. A lot of people are being creatives in so many ways than ever before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree completely. And I think with storytelling, something that everybody does in some form or another, you sit down with a cup of tea with your friend, you catch up, you you begin to narrate what happened to you when you went to the supermarket and you bumped into so-and-so. It's a story. And you give background on, you know, your boss or you give background on the teacher at your child's school. And it's a story. The way that we commune, the way that we, you know, we decide that we're actually going to go to our friend's house or have that conversation, there is always story. I yeah. think that sometimes people don't realise that I they're agree. creative. You know, you, I think you, everyone is actually a creative, whether or not you're, whether it is you're, you're a blogger, you're a writer, you are, you are, you are a creative. And, and that's why there's so much, um, I don't, I wouldn't, but I say there's so much, um, not noise, but there's so much going on right now in social media because social media in so many ways with YouTube, with Instagram, with TikTok is promoting creatives. Now you find that these creatives that are doing these things, either cooking through cooking, either mm. through showing us what they did in their day, showing us their, you know, their fashion sense. They are more, more often than not, they have a different background. Not every one of them is like, you know, okay, I'm going to go up and be a creative today. Most of them have actually gone to school and studied different things. I know of a doctor on YouTube who has actually practiced for about five years and now is just a YouTuber full time. Full time YouTuber. He's actually a British doctor. Yeah, what, he used to work for the NHS. And so I feel like right now, a lot of people are looking into their creative sides. And like you said, you know, 
storytelling is actually paramount. You went to the supermarket today, you saw somebody, that's actually a story. I woke, when, I, when I woke up today, what did I do? If I had to recount everything, okay, I woke up today, you know, I, I bathed for the kids, I cooked, I thought, oh, I'm going to have Saliha's interview very soon. That's actually a story. And if I wanted to put it up in uh, a different medium, say um, um, a video or on a different um, platform, without necessarily saying things that I did, just capturing it, just putting things together, that is a form of storytelling. And that would appeal to so many people. So we are all storytellers, regardless of what medium we choose to express ourselves. We are storytellers. I love that. We are. We are all storytellers. Definitely. It's so true. What about um, those that don't easily tell stories what if they don't feel that storytelling is really their strength how can they explore their own creativity and how do you encourage others to put aside that serious side of themselves and just kind of explore and find their creativity it's good you mentioned this because I have a friend, my very good friend, who thinks, oh, Fumi, you're, you're so good with this thing that you're doing. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm just good. I'm just doing these things that I enjoy doing. And the watchword is actually enjoy. So what do you enjoy doing? You know, my friend actually enjoys exercising a lot. And I keep telling her, do you know you're actually a creative in this instance? Because whenever we're in Clubhouse... And we're having discussions about fitness and this. I always tell her, you're the star girl of tonight's episode or or tonight's discussion because I just sat back and listened to you because you knew everything to say. I'm not into the fitness and I try to exercise once in a while and, you know, eat right. But she tells us about the calories to take. You know, it's okay to take this. You know, even if you want to take chocolate, it's okay to take chocolate today and then you know not take it tomorrow intermittent fasting this this she knows everything that is what some people actually want to hear (coughs) excuse me (coughs) a lot of people actually want to hear this and would really really be inspired if they watched you so you actually are creative so the most important thing is do what you enjoy what do you enjoy doing and like I said before, not everyone is called out to speak about these things that they enjoy doing. You can actually put it in a, in a video format without saying a word. You can actually put it in pictures without saying anything. But just that is actually another you know, aspect of storytelling. But the most important thing is, what do you enjoy doing? And that's why I feel a lot of us, in fact, all of us are actually storytellers. So, um, you know, that would be my advice to somebody that thinks, okay, how do I navigate this world of being a creative or being, you know, what do you enjoy? Um, You know, you you love to eat out. That's actually another form of storytelling. So show us where you ate today and, you know, what you wore. And, you know, you don't have to be too serious about it. Like my normal day job is being a lawyer, but my night job is a lot of things. When I come back home, I am a lot of things when I come back home. <laughs> and so, you know. Well, you're a, you are a lot of things. You're a mum. Exactly. You're a mum to two small children. You have a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old boy as well. Yes. I, I curate stories, um, you know, on my page, Elite, I'm sorry, Elite Takeout, where I just love to share inspiring stories about Nigerians doing amazing things. I just love to share real, you know, positive and inspiring stories on that page. So in that way, I could call myself a story curator. I just want to curate the stories about people, about Nigerians, both home and abroad, doing these things, sharing their stories. And so just do what you enjoy doing. And the world is actually waiting for you. That's what I tell myself. For me, the world is waiting for you. (laughs) So 
that that would be you and know, all your stories and all my stories <laughs> that that would be what i'll encourage you know a piece of advice i'll you know give out to someone that might be struggling right now mm, mm, beautiful advice beautiful advice and how um how do you share your creativity with your children i know you tell them the bedtime stories and of course they are the darlings oh yeah but how do you encourage them when you're spending time with them to be creative well we do a lot of things together we sing like i said we sing a lot um lately we've taken to join um i don't call myself um uh, a good artist but i just want to just explore right now so I, I told them we believe growing up you know it was very good to just go out you know and play with sand and play with water these days it's all about toys so I encourage them okay let's go let's go play with the mud a little bit and then we wash our hands when we're done so I encourage them to do little things like that you know that's wonderful yeah. because it is it's hard these days isn't it to yeah. to encourage the children to get away from the gadgets and the screen time is sometimes a bit of a battle so to be able to engage them with natural sources of entertainment and um just organic ways to have fun that can be that can be really enlightening for them so that they are inspired then to entertain themselves outside of the gadget world yeah outside of technology yeah, you're right. That's 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 what we do. That's that's really what we do. It's important we it's important we actually and explore those sites, yeah. It is. And it's creative of course, so yes. it's encouraging. What's your favorite story? Have you already told your favorite story and recorded it or do you have one that's up your sleeve that you're holding back? I think all my stories are my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think That's a I think oh, I think you're gonna say that. I'm actually not being cheesy right now, but I think all my stories are my favorite ones because the truth of the matter is, I release one story and I think, okay, I really like this story, and then I think of another story, I really like that one too, <laughs> and the third one, oh, I like this one. So, you know, I all I I like all my stories, but if there's anyone that I'll say right now is you know really. Um, that really resonates with me in so many ways. It would be Obade um, Meta and Shiri, which is three kids are uh, playing. And um, that's the story I was thinking. Oh, of. really? I was thinking <laughs> of that story. Yes. <laughs> because I just felt, you know, oh my gosh, all my life I had I had too many ideas to do different things. I would just, you know, my I have two brothers, and so I would call them up and say, "Oh, I have this idea today." They'll say, "Okay, yes, we've heard about this idea." So what else? I'll tell my husband. Oh, I have, I'll tell my husband again. I have this idea. Okay, what else? But I, I had all these ideas, but I never started any of them. And so, what's the point of just, you know, piling up ideas and not doing anything? And so when I when I actually recorded on my day met and Sherry, I said to myself, "Do you know what? This is actually." what you are beginning to do you know there's a part in the story that one of the boys actually you know um he swam the length and breadth of the ocean i might not have swam the length and breadth of the ocean right now but at least i'm in the waters i'm beginning to swim and you know that for me is just always telling me every day you know just just do just do the ones you can do you know. Give us a breakdown of this story. I'm sure our listeners are really intrigued now. You've told us a little oh. bit. Go on. <laughs> okay, so this story is Omodemeta and Sherry. And, you know, there were three boys. They loved to play. 
they were always they were very close and you find them most times at the beach just you know playing with the ball throwing rocks and just singing dancing playing playing amongst themselves and you know there was this particular day where the very first boy told his friend he said he said look ahead can you see that palm tree over there he said, I can climb the left. So, sorry, he said, I can, I can climb the, that palm tree to the top of the tree without any rope, without, you know, any harness. And his, and his friends looked at him and said, you, really? He said, yes, I can do that. And then the second boy said, okay, if my friend can do that, then let me think of something unimaginable that I can also do. And he said to himself, I can, I can swim the length and breadth of the ocean. His friends looked at him and said, you, really? He said, yes. I can swim the length and breadth of the ocean. And the third boy said, okay, um, what can I do that my friends, you know, can also, also, also cannot do? And the third boy said, I can, I can throw an arrow into the sky and it would never come back. But unfortunately for them, the tortoise was listening. Now, in African folk tales, the tortoise, <laughs> the tortoise is a, always the tortoise. Is always, always, <laughs> always the tortoise. And the tortoise is a trickster. You know, it was, it was just jealous. Like, what are these boys talking about? And the tortoise went to report them to the king. And the king, he, t- he told the king that, oh, oh, king, oh, king, I had, I had some boys at the beach saying they could do some things that no other king can do. And the, the king said, really? He said, yes. And instead of the king to ask questions, probably by inviting the boys and ask them, is that true? The king just, you know, took up what um, the tortoise said and gathered all his chiefs and everybody went to the beach. And he told the, 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 and, and he told the boys, he said, okay, I heard what you said and I want each boy to perform each task. The boys were crying. They said, oh, king, we never said that. You know, we were just playing amongst ourselves and just, you know, it was just wishful thinking, really. The king said, no, you have to perform each task. And so the boy started to sing. Can I sing the song as well? Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) And then the very first boy said... Oh, sorry. The, the all of them started singing, saying, "Oh, Madi Metan Shere Ere Oh Ere Ayo," and they were crying. "Oh, Kolon Yo Gokwe Ere Oh Ere Ayo Oh Gokwe Oh Gokwe Oh Gokwe Ere Oh Won Shere Ayo Oh Kolon Yo Yo Weku Ere Oh Ere Ayo Oh Weku Oh Weku Oh Weku which meant three boys were playing you know they were playing and having so much fun with so much joy in their heart the very first one said it could climb a palm tree without any rope, without any harness. And the second one said it could swim the length and breadth of the ocean. And the third boy said it could throw an arrow into the sky and it would never come back. And so after singing this song, the very, because the king had ordered and mandated that they carried out those tasks, otherwise they'll get punished. And so the very first boy climbed the palm tree. As it was going, it was struggling. It fell back to the earth. And he tried again. It got to the middle of the tree. It fell back into the earth. 
but the villagers oh, were the sound there. <laughs> Can I, I just need to say, Fumi does the sound effects all of her own, <laughs> all of her own doing. They're all from her mouth. She has no instruments. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so wonderful to see. <laughs> because that's how, you know, that's how we were told these stories. They were just, you know, in the natural organic form, really. And so the very first boy, um, and so when he fell to the, to back to the earth, the villagers kept cheering, go, 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 go. And he got really excited and motivated. And then he kept going with the cheers. He kept going and he got to the top of the palm tree. He was so happy. And his other friends were so happy as well. Like, if our friend can do this, then we can do this as well. And the second boy jumped into the ocean and swam the length of the ocean. He was beginning to get tired and the villagers kept cheering him on, go, 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 go. And he came back to the breath, so he swam the length and breadth of the ocean. And he came out and the villagers were so happy, they cheered him on, he was so excited. And the third boy said, okay, if my friends could achieve their task and came out successfully, I can do this too. And so the third boy, you know, took his arrow and shot it straight to the sky and that arrow came back to the ground wow he was almost disappointed but these villagers wouldn't you know they wouldn't let them be they kept cheering him on even his friends also cheered him on and so he tried again the second time he came back to the earth but on the very third try he shot his arrow straight to the sky and the arrow stayed in the sky and when the, t when the king saw the boys, the king punished the tortoise. And, um, you know, I always, I always ask the kids to tell me what lessons, because in life we have different lessons, you know, there are different values and morals you can get in life from, even from a particular story. And so I always want the kids to imagine these stories in their head and tell, you know, tell the parents in the room before they go to bed what lessons they learned. And so I'll ask you, Salia, what lesson did you learn from this story? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, when I first heard this story, I thought this, um, there are many lessons. First of all, ask questions. So when a tortoise comes to you as a king, don't just take the tortoise's word for it. Just because you know the tortoise is normally quite wise, the tortoise always has the answer to the struggles and puzzles that lie ahead in folklore. It's normally a very reliable kind of um, creature to rely upon. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't question and you shouldn't check and verify facts. So for me, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, a good, a good message here and a good tip is to verify your facts first before you jump to conclusions and accept whatever anybody says. And secondly, um, I took away, don't give up. Sometimes things seem really, really difficult. Sometimes things appear to be impossible, but persevere and you might surprise yourself. And thirdly, I took away that it pays to have cheerleaders. Mm, yeah, I agree. <laughs> if you've got a village, <laughs> if you've got a village of people encouraging you and uplifting you and reminding you that actually you can do it, you can go a little bit further, you can climb a little bit higher, you can swim a little bit longer, keep going, keep going. It really does pay off. Mm, I agree. Honestly, I agree. And Salia, <laughs> I love the answers you've given. And in addition, um, I don't even have any addition to those answers because, you know, <laughs> I love the lessons you've given me.
this afternoon. And I love the story. <laughs> I love the story. Yeah. I do. Thank it you. It makes me, yeah, it opens your imagination. And um, yeah, I think it, these folk tales, they work for adults as well as children. Was that your intention also to educate adults? To be honest with you, no. Because I just felt a lot of adults are aware of these lessons. I just felt that. But recently, a lot of people have been telling me, Fumi, are you sure this story was just <laughs> for children? It was at that point I realized that, you know, you know, it's actually, um, it's actually not just for kids, even for parents as well, even for anybody listening to it. Because just like you said, you know, there's so many things in life that we go through and, you know, we think... We don't, we don't necessarily think of um, what lessons or values to, to gain from them. But when you hear stories like this that allows you to think, you can easily put yourself in certain situations and go, okay, if those boys were able to persevere like that, I probably should just continue. Um, so it's not just for kids at this time. You know, it's, it's for everybody to listen to. Definitely, absolutely. I can't, um, I can't wait for your next story. And I just, I'm curious to know, are there any books up your sleeve? Because um, you've recorded quite a few episodes. And what about those of us that prefer the written word? Okay, um, at this moment in time, I don't have any um, plans for written words, but I'm hoping um, that very soon I will because you're not the very first person that is actually saying that to me and so I realized that you know I probably shouldn't just um, limit myself to audio alone I should try to um, expand my horizon to books so I will I will do that um, hopefully you know in a not too distant future mm, definitely we can't wait for me, before I let you go, we usually round off with a few questions. And um, I'd like to start by asking you, can you share with us a book that you found helpful with understanding either the field of storytelling or children themselves? Uh, the field of storytelling, I think for me, would be some of the books I grew up um, reading, particularly African literature. And one is The Lion and the Jewel by Wale Shoinka. Um, another is Things Fall Apart by uh, the late um, Chinua Achebe. Yes. Because I grew up, you know, reading those stories in school. In fact, even before I got into school, my dad made me read those stories. So, and in those stories, you get a lot of um, African literature, what happened like in the 70s in some of them, and particularly African proverbs, which is something I feel um, a lot of us probably don't know too much about. And even well, if we do, very fond of that. Yeah, and even if we yeah. do, we're probably forgetting. So, yeah, I would encourage anybody to pick up those books to read. Wonderful recommendations. Thank you. And um, can you tell us what's a wonderful piece of advice or a handy technique that you could never do without? I think for me, it's um, my family. I can't, I can't do without my family, both nuclear and extended. And ex by extension now, it's not just my, you know, 
my family, like my parents and my siblings, but some of my friends have not become my family, you know. And um, <clears throat> since this pandemic, I keep going back to this pandemic because a lot of us, has, uh, you know, might have suffered a loss, you know, one way or the other. I now realize the, the value in having people there and holding them close and giving them flowers whilst they're here. So I will not joke with my family my nuclear, my extended, my friends, people that, in fact, these days, before before the pandemic happened, someone's thought to just, you know, cross my mind and I go, oh, for me, I think to myself, I'll call the person tomorrow. But today, once that thought comes into my mind, I send you a text or I call you up today because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so that is something I'm holding very dear to my heart right now. Give them flowers whilst they're here. Yes. I love that. It's very important. I do. love that. It is. It is. We have to value people immediately. Yes. For me, where can listeners find out more about you? Because um, I'm just starting out. Um, I guess you can always reach out to me on my Instagram page. I don't know if that, you know if that works. So I have an Instagram page which is um, Ile Takeout and Ile is I-L-E which in Yoruba means home. So Ile Takeout like you know food takeout, Ile Takeout. So you can always find me on Ile Takeout and on that page I just love to curate stories about um, real positive and Nigerian stories. So you can always send me a DM on Ile Takeout. Wonderful. And of course, we can check you out over on Spotify. And also, yes, you can also (laughs) listen to my. Yes. Thank you, Celia. You can also listen to my podcast. Good night, my darlings on Spotify, Apple, Google or wherever you love to listen to your podcasts from. Yes. Wonderful. Fumi Ogunde, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you today. Thank you so much, Celia. And um, you've made it really, really <laughs> beautiful. Like, I did, I told you I love to talk, but I didn't think I was going to talk all the way without, <laughs> without <laughs> feeling in any type of way. But you've made me so comfortable. Thank you so much for bringing me to your um, platform. It has been truly, truly amazing. I enjoyed myself. Come back soon. Will do. Will do. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, which will help others to find us more easily. Don't forget to check out our website and our Instagram page. Details are in the show notes. Bye for now.